Good evening. Welcome as we, we gather to worship our God, whether you're joining us here in the building or whether you're joining us online. Just one announcement for those who are eagle-eyed is that the slide on the wall did say that our Sunday service next Sunday morning is at 10.30. Well, you'll be a little bit late for the prayer meeting, which is at 10.20, and you're welcome to come to that. We encourage you to come to that, to pray for Thrive and for Rooted at 10.20, but the service will be at the normal time of 11.15. Let's stand and sing with the music when we sing our first song, which is Lord for the Years. Now, each of these verses are slightly different. There's a verse of praise. There's a verse of thanksgiving. There are three verses that are prayers. And perhaps you can link to one of them in your thoughts and your mind as we sing it. Let's stand and sing.
We're going to have our time of prayer now, but before we pray, I just want to remind us of the God who we are praying to. Three verses out of Psalm 86, which says, There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Let's bow before that God in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, as we, as we come into your presence, we acknowledge that you are the one and only God. Lord, you are our creator. Lord, you are our sovereign God. Lord, you were there before time started. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And we come before you and we acknowledge that we are in complete contrast to you. Lord, we are here but for a moment. We're like a bubble that pops and is gone. Yet we thank you because you are also a God of love. Lord, that you have looked down on man. In love at your creation, despite, despite him turning his back on you, despite him disobeying you, despite him wanting to be king of his own life and do what he wanted to do. Lord, you had a rescue plan. Lord, we thank you that each of us here needed that rescue plan through your Son, the Lord Jesus. Each of us here have disobeyed and fallen short of the standards that you have set. Lord, and we each need Jesus in our lives. We want to come and say thank you for his willingness to be not only obedient to you, but out of love to us, come and to give his life so that we can be forgiven. So each of us, if we look to you in faith, if we come believing and trusting that your death on the cross took the punishment that we deserve, Lord, we will be forgiven. And Lord, when we come again, when we die, if that happens before you come, Lord, we will be taken to heaven to be with you. To be in that place where there is no crying. To be in that place where there is no need of the sun because you are there and your glory illuminates everywhere. To be in that place where there is utter perfection, there is no sin, there is no disease. To be in that place where we can worship you without the effects of sin. We can worship you totally with a pure heart, with a whole heart. Lord God, we long for that day. For those who do not know you, for those who have that hope, of being in heaven with you. Lord, we pray that you would open their eyes to see. We pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to convict them of their sin. We pray that you would be merciful and gracious to them and that they would know you as their Saviour. So on that great day, Lord, they will be found with you in heaven, in peace and with joy. Lord God, we thank you for the encouragement we have from your word that There is that number which no man can number worshipping you. Lord, and we long for that day where we will be there worshipping you too. But Lord God, we are here in this earth. We pray that you would help us as we live in a sinful world. 
We pray that you would protect us from the evil one. We pray that you would keep us from the wiles of the devil. Lord, we ask that as you pray for the disciples in that high priestly prayer, that as we are in the world, we would not be of the world. Lord God, we pray that you would help us. Help us as we are encouraged this morning, as Mark preached to us from that psalm, that we would have goals this year. Goals that bring you honour. Goals that bring you glory. Lord, we ask that you would teach us to number our days. We ask that you would give us that heart of wisdom. We pray, Lord, that we would be glad in the situation and the circumstances that you have given us. We pray that we would be satisfied with your steadfast love on our lives. Lord God, we do live in our lives, Lord, there are troubles and trials, Lord, that we come across. Each of us will be different, but Lord, we thank you for that encouragement that we can cast our cares onto you. And Lord, you are a God that brings comfort. You're a God that brings peace. You're a God that strengthens. Lord, you know each of our lives, you know the things that do trouble us. We ask that we would individually take those things and bring them to you, looking to you for help in the difficulties. Lord God, we commit to you those who are recovering from operations. We ask that you be with them and strengthen them and help them in their recovery. Lord, we pray for those who are in the midst of crises. Lord, we ask that you be with Philip in Hastings. Ask you would help him in his situation there. And we pray that you would bring peace of mind to him and help him in that situation. Lord God, we uh, remember around the world, we uh, commit to you, Rosie, in Papua New Guinea. Lord, already entering 2024, we ask that you would be with her in her final semester. We ask that you would be with her in the things that she would like to do for your honour, for your glory. We pray if they are according to your, your will, you would strengthen her and help them to achieve her goals. We commit to you the Swansons in Cyprus. We pray for them as they are having the services uh, this evening, tonight. Lord, as many of the Africans want to be in church as we switch from 2023 to 2024, Lord God, we ask that you would help James as he preaches and your Holy Spirit as they come into the service, perhaps just for ten minutes, would convict them and change them and draw them into your kingdom. Lord, there are many places of trouble around this world. You know each and every one of them. Lord, we name but a few. Lord, we pray for the situation in Ukraine. We pray for the situation in Gaza. Lord, we pray for peace. We ask that you would bring peace, if it is your will, into those situations. We ask that the killing would stop of men and women, of boys and girls, of the old and the young. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that you would be working in those circumstances and situations. Lord God, we know that you could stop it this very moment if it was your will. Help us to submit to your will. But Lord, we also pray for those Christians that are caught up in those situations and ask that you would be with them, 
strengthen, comfort and give them peace. Lord God, we ask that you be with us now for our service and when John brings your word to us, we ask for attentive minds and hearts. We pray that your word would have that transforming power in our lives. And we pray that as we go into 2024, we would want to live in a way that brings glory to you in our own particular circumstances. Amen. We're going to do something slightly different today. Um, John's going to bring his message, which is titled The Last Days, in two parts. So we're going to have a couple of readings and then John will do the first part and then we'll have a couple of songs, a couple more readings, then John will bring the second part of his message entitled The Last Days. So if you can turn with me to Act 2. We're reading from Act 2. And we're reading verses 14 to 21. So our first reading, Acts 2, 14 to 21. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, and vaporous smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And our second reading is in Hebrews. Hebrews in chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs.
So, it's the last day of uh, 2023. Uh, No more 2023 after this evening, for good or for bad. I don't know how you would view that yourselves, personally. But uh, soon we uh, head into 2024. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I ended up with a slightly different approach to a new year or end of year message from previous years. Uh, We've got a Sunday on the last day of the year. That hasn't happened for six years and it won't happen for another five, God willing. And uh, with the Sunday being the last day of the year, it set me off thinking about the phrase, the last days in the Bible, the last days. Hence the title for this evening, The Last Days. And the last days in the Bible is, uh, is really the last phase of human history. The last phase of human history. And the main way in which it's used is ref- to refer to the period from Christ's first coming to his second coming. You may have clocked that. Some of you actually may not have realised that. The last days refers to that period so, yes, we are in the last days, uh, but uh, so was Paul and Peter and Barnabas. They were in the last days. Sometimes when we think of the last days, we think of the person with the sort of billboard over their shoulders um, and plodding around the streets with a message about the end times and we, we think only it refers to sort of the world, the end of the world is nigh type thing. But in fact, it's the whole period has been going on for centuries, from Christ's first coming until his second coming. That's the last days. And on this last day of 2023, we're just going to be thinking about what the Bible says about the last days. Now, the New Testament refers to it um, five times, directly like that as a phrase, the last days. Maybe you, you know of where it occurs. I don't know, perhaps we've got some walking concordances in the, in, the, um, in the congregation this evening. We've had two of them read, and there are, are three more. Uh, we're going to look at two just now, and then three more a bit later in the service. And for, for each of them, we're, we're going to have to be fairly, uh, to skim a little bit, so those of you who like to drill down, it might frustrate you a bit because there's things in the passage that you want to sort of think through. Well, I'm afraid you won't be fully satisfied this evening, but we'll see uh, where they come up the five times. And each time there's a practical impact. So this evening's not just a sort of theology of the last days. This is, um, you know, how does this affect us? How does this affect us? So that as we're here in the last day of... This year, we're reminded of what it's like to be living in the last days of human history and five ways in which that affects us. So, in the last days, what does the New Testament teach? Well, the last days is a time of widespread invitation. It's a time of widespread invitation. So, although this phrase comes up in the the New Testament, it is anticipated earlier in history, sometimes referred to as the latter days, 
or in other ways. The most obvious way in which it starts is in the, the epic events of Pentecost. The epic events of Pentecost. There were miraculous, unusual happenings. There were tongues of fire. There were speaking and unusual tongues. People are confused. They wonder if those down the front have had too much to drink. Peter stands up and with the other disciples there in support of him, he begins his message on that day of Pentecost in this way, Acts 2.17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The last days had started. The last days had arrived. That great era of human history was with us. There's lots going on in these verses, as you will see, as it's an age where the Holy Spirit is especially at work. But one of the main things about this time comes up in verse 21, which is this. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it shall come to pass in the last days that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a time then where vast numbers of people would be invited to come to God for mercy. And a time when vast numbers of all sorts of people would find mercy from God. Jesus had come so that people could receive mercy and forgiveness and new life. And the good news is that you are in that era of history. Jesus has come and the invitation is pulsating out. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You are invited to call out and you are told that if you call out to the Lord with a genuine heart of repentance and trust in Jesus, you will be saved, rescued, find mercy, be forgiven. Have you done that? Have you done that? You've had 364 full days this year when an invitation has been open. In God's kindness, it is again today. Maybe it will be the last day of 2023 that you actually call out to God for mercy. Well, if you haven't done that before, that will be a great time to do it. It means the first full day of your new Christian life will be a New Year's Day. It's a time of widespread invitation. These last days, our last days, last days don't go on forever. Last days come to an end. While you still have life, while you still have opportunity, call on the name of the Lord. Pray sincerely in your heart 
for mercy. Express sorrow for the past. Trust in Jesus' love and his death and uh, a desire with God's help to go forward in following him. It's a time of widespread invitation in the last days. Secondly, it's a time of unparalleled revelation. I know they're not all that catchy, my headings this evening. I'm sorry about that, but I've been trying to catch in those two words at the end of each line what, what it seems to me that these passages are about. So there's, there's quite a lot of concentrated thought in the headings, even if they're not ones that you'll go home and think, ah, oh, these are the five. You'll have to almost write them down or take a photo at the end if you want to remember them. But it is a time of unparalleled revelation. The majestic letter to the Hebrews sort of jumps straight in to a reference to the last days. Let's hear again Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. It was a great thing that God revealed himself throughout the Old Testament times. Showed his character. He told them of his plans and his ways. And you think of uh, perhaps Moses at the burning bush getting an understanding of God. You think of Samuel telling David of God's plans You think of um, some of the prophets, perhaps Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and their experience of God's glory and they hear his word. But we have a better time. God has now spoken through his Son. It is a time of unparalleled revelation. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. It trumps it all. It tops it all. It beats it all. We're in the age where the Son has revealed the Father. He is the radiance of his glory. He is the exact imprint of his nature. He is the one through whom he created the world and sustains the world. He is the one who died for our sins and is now in a position of great highness. And there's a sense, I'm not sure this is theologically totally right, so take it in inverted commas, but there's a sense in which in Jesus you get God undiluted. You get God without a veil. He he is the word, he is the declaration of the Father. God's character and his plan and his love is made plain through Jesus. And um, you probably love to see the, the sun normally. We do in Britain when it's not normally too hot. We love to have the sun And maybe you want to be out in the sun. You are out in the sun. But it's one of those days when you hope to be in the sun. Maybe you hope to get a little bit of a tan or or just to enjoy it. But, you know, there's a bit of a a sort of a haze to it. So you you don't really get the full effects of the sun. Or there's quite often clouds going 
past and you know, it's, it's, in, it's in the way. But then they, they pass or the haze disappears and you get, you get the sun as it is on you and you enjoy its warmth and you love the brightness around you. And he's saying that's the sort of days we live in, in that God's revelation of himself through his son is so clear and vast and radiant and brilliant. The last phase of human history means we have the immense blessing of knowing God through Jesus Christ. Peter tells us that the the prophets really dimly saw this time, but now it's as if the cataracts have been dispelled, the laser treatment has happened, and we can see clearly God, his ways and his characters because we live in the last days. So, as we step into 2024, we we have that opportunity to know God through Jesus Christ. For the first time, if you never have done before, or Christians to know him more fully, more deeply. I know one of you is reading a book called Knowing Christ. What a great theme to take you into 2024 to understand more of Jesus, to understand the Word who is the declaration of the Father. It's a great privilege to live in the last days where there is unparalleled revelation. So two things so far to think about, about the last days, a time of widespread invitation and a time of unparalleled revelation. And three more to come later. Well, we've got two songs now and they're going to follow one after the other and each one is going to pick up on those two points that John has made about invitation and revelation. So when the music starts, stand um, and we'll sing them together.
We're going to turn to um, the second, the third and the fourth of John's readings, the second part, and we are in 2 Timothy and chapter 3. And both readings will come from 2 Timothy chapter 3. So verses 1 to 5 and then 14 to the end of the chapter. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. And then further on in the chapter, from verse 14 to the end of the chapter. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. time of widespread invitation, a time of unparalleled revelation. Thirdly, the last days, a time of undistracted continuing, undistracting, undistracted following, undistracting, undistracted steadfastness. Uh, Paul's last letter, as we understand it, and his second letter to Timothy is written at a, a time when uh, the climate feels very difficult for Christians. Um, and in speaking to, to the younger man, Timothy, about it, uh, Paul tells him that really these are typical of the last days. So although it's a gospel time, although it's a time of God's Son being revealed, as we've been reminded of already, so many would not respond as they should. Even religious people would not respond as they should. And they would, it would mean that there would be generally a difficult time, so much of the time, for Christians. 2 Timothy 3 and 1 starts like this. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. And Martin read the description of those times. It's a long list of things. We, we, we can't look at all of them, but I'll just pick out the ones that have got the love word in. People would be lovers of self. People would be lovers of money. People 
would be not loving God, not loving good. People would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Quite a telling phrase, isn't it? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does it sound familiar? Does it feel like the climate we live in? Does it feel like the things that we battle with? It's very easy to get carried along with the tide, isn't it? With the flow. You picture a a small boat um, on the side of the river and it's been tied very loosely to the, the jetty and the river is in flood after storms. been quite a lot of storms and floods around some of the country, isn't there? The river is in flood after the storm. There's a real velocity, there's a real pace to the river flowing by and you see the, the rope being tugged at and uh, you see it start to loosen further and soon it will start to go downstream with the, with the flow like everything else is going. And there's a strong temptation in the last days to follow along with the pattern of everything else that loves pleasure rather than God, that loves money, that loves self. And instead of doing that, Paul tells Timothy to stick to God's word rather than loose his moorings and go with the flow of the description of the last days. Later on, as we read, it says in verse 14, but you, but as for you, continue in the things that you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You feel the tug of the flow of the culture around you in these last days? You read through that list and think, oh yeah, yeah, I can see that around and I can see some appeal sometimes to me. Easy to be taken up with what pleases you all the time. That's what the adverts tell you should be about. Making money everything. Allowing good pleasures to become sort of inflated so they push out and substitute a love for God. I don't know what your pleasure is. A pleasure is a nice thing in its place, a God-given thing in its place, but pleasures have this capacity to, to, to grow and become abnormal and to displace God. Is your pleasure doing that? Ah, instead, it says here, tie your moorings to God's word. Don't let that rope become loose. Put it practically, go into 2024 with a a real desire and a pattern and a habit of God's word being central to your life. Coming under it, reading it, thinking it through and praying it through for your life. Strengthen the moorings. A time of undistracted continuing in God's word is the urge for the last days.
I don't know if you, if you were thinking through what the last days were in the Bible. Probably of the five references, the fourth is the one that, if we did a little survey of how many knew of any, this would probably be the least. And we can, uh, we can sort of summarise it like this. A time of generous fairness. A time of generous fairness. So, we're in James. Uh, James is a straight and a practical letter, isn't it? And he doesn't mince his words in chapter 5, that should be in James chapter 5, in talking to those who are rich. There were some who were attached to the Christian community, who were obviously greedy with money, and who were very unfair on their staff or their workers. And he has these striking things to to say to them in James chapter 5. Let me just read you the first five verses. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold the wages of the labourers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Straight stuff. You are greedy. You are money-loving. You are unfair on those who work for you. And yet, you are living in these last days. Now, the last days could mean the the end of their life or in retirement and so forth, but I'm, I'm fairly sure it's talking about living in the last phase of history. In other words, don't you realise that time is short? Don't you realise that your money will go? Don't you realise that you have your, ought to have your focus on things that last, on pleasing God rather than amassing stuff? Pay your staff what they deserve. Don't swindle people out of greed. Don't live in the height of luxury. See, the last days should be days of generous fairness in the way in which we are with our finance. I think perhaps you could, not quite like this, but this helped me, perhaps it will help you. Uh, Perhaps you've got a calendar or a diary. Uh, Maybe yours is all on smartphone and iPad now, but for, for those of us that haven't caught up with that, got diaries and calendars. Are you, are you this evening likely to go through each page of your 2023 diary and or calendar and, and make it look particularly nice and dot the I's and cross the T's and do a few nice little doodles and keep it nice and presentable and tip X out where the splodges. No, it's going to go soon. You've nearly finished with it. You're in the last few hours of it. You, you might want to do that to your 2024. You've got a new 2024 calendar and diary. Well, you can do your doodles and that if you want to. You can make it all nice. It's going to be a, around for a long time. But the other one's on its way out. And I think this is a similar teaching here. We're in the last days. That implies a focus on what's coming. 
don't put focus on things on this earth. Be generous. Live simply. Be, be fair, even when it means you're out of pocket. It's not a bad thing. You know, I found this thought-provoking. not a bad thing to go into 2024. You make a budget. Perhaps you, not all of you need to or do-do. Not a bad thing to make a budget. You think about where your monthly income is going to go and you know whether it's going to be well spent. Your expenses are going to be less than your income. Think about what it goes on. Perhaps you might have a little bit more coming up. Maybe you, got, maybe you get a rise in January. Where's that all going? Is that going to be going conscious of what really lasts? Or is it going to be spent self-indulgently, greedily, just totally living for self? It's one of the challenge of thinking about the last days, a time as generous fairness. I found that quite thought-provoking. One final one, and we'll summarise it like this. A time of patient anticipation. A time of patient anticipation. But sometimes last days take a, a little while to get through. It's a long while to get through. There's been uh, quite a few centuries and during those centuries it starts to make people wonder whether Jesus will come again. It's taken so long after all. Um, Others maybe make fun of, of Christians about their thoughts that God will bring things to a close and wrap things up, that there will be a day of judgment, there will be a hereafter. And it was even the same in Peter's day. And he says this in 2 Peter chapter 3. This is our last reference. 2 Peter chapter 3. Verse 3. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. There's scepticism of hanging around the last days. And we're to be undeterred, not not put off by that. He carries on later on in verse 11. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So we are in the last days while we await the second coming, despite the sceptical things said around us, maybe despite the sceptical temptations which come within us, we are to live patiently for the Lord. We are to realise that he is 
coming again. It doesn't look like it'll be 2023. Who knows whether it'll be 2024 or 2034 or 2124. We don't know, but he will come again. There will be a final new heaven and a new earth. They're on their way. That's what follows the last days. That's what we're heading to. So in the meantime, live with patient anticipation. Uh, Perhaps you uh, anticipate that much of 2023 is going to be a bit rough for you. You've got GCSEs coming up. So you're not particularly looking forward to the first few months of the year or you've got A-levels or you've got some form of B-tech or diploma or you've got uh, university exams. Or you've got a busy phase in building at home or in building in business. Or you've got an operation coming up and you've got these things in front of you. But you diligently carry on and you're aware that better days lie ahead. You're looking to recover from the operation. You're looking for a summer with no revision. You're looking forward to the extension being done and in place. You've got your eyes forward and you're faithfully pursuing things in the meantime. And this is how we're to live in the last days. We're looking for Jesus coming again. We're undeterred by the delays. We live faithfully for the Lord. We 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 put aside the scepticism that we hear and we patiently anticipate his coming. Find you're getting too restless, finding the days hard, feeling a bit impatient. Jesus is coming again. A new heaven and a new earth is on its way. Continue during this time with a time and a sense of our patient anticipation. So you have five things in the Bible which are sort of linked in with the the phrase the last days. Any of them struck a chord? Said you, don't suppose anyone will go away and remember all five from off pat in their head. But is there one of those that you just think, hmm, as I go forward from this last day of 2023 and I carry on living through the last days of this phase of history, that's especially one for me to chew on, think through and pray over. Well, we're going to sing two more songs to finish. Uh, The first is, uh, Oh Jesus, I have promised. And this will pick out quite a few of the themes that we've looked at as we looked at those five things from God's word this evening. And then after that we're going to uh, go to the one which talks about the, the daily Christian walk of Christians and our desire to live for the Lord in them. So do stand up and we'll sing through these two songs to finish.
Heavenly Father, we have been encouraged by the privileges of the last days of gospel invitation and of knowing Christ. We've also been reminded of some of the challenging circumstances that we go through in these times. We pray that we'll be heartened by the gospel this evening, this last day of this year. We pray that we also might be encouraged to have a right direction as we go forward. Help us to stick close to your word and not drift away. Help us, Lord, to see all the things that you give us, the gifts that you give us as blessings from above, but to be well stewarded and unselfishly used. Help us through the challenges and the difficulties of this period to be patient and to look forward to the coming of Christ. These things we pray in his name. Amen.